Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Columbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Still don't have a bad martini for you today, but we do have two crazies, and there's certainly some uh, badness that you can uh, weave into that. Uh, but we're glad you're with us. Your stool is ready. December is flying by. Just eight days until the Nakatomi Corporation Christmas party and nine days until Christmas. So, uh, Jim, let's uh, dive right into our good martini. It kind of follows on the heels of yesterday's uh, good martini, and that, of course, is that the Democrats simply don't have the votes for uh, Build Back Better, Manchin and Biden far apart, things not going well. So the Democrats decided to pivot in a very awkward way yesterday and kind of bizarre that they would kind of do so publicly. But nonetheless, they said, you know what? We want to get Build Back Better done, but that can wait. The thing we really, really, really have to get done before Christmas is our voting legislation. You know, they're planning to federalize uh, basically what a lot of the states uh, put in place for the for the pandemic in last year's elections. And so, you know, they don't want voter ID. They want uh, the federal government to have way more fingers in the pie than they should, especially as the Constitution lays out. But nonetheless, they say, let's get this done and let's not get rid of the filibuster, but let's change how the filibuster works. So people like uh, Angus King, Tim Kaine, John Tester are meeting with Joe Manchin trying to get him on board to change the rule to not just uh, you got to get 60 votes on the motion to proceed or the motion to cut off debate and that sort of thing, uh, but the people opposed to it would actually have to do the old-fashioned talky filibuster and constantly put up at least 41 votes to block legislation. How about that? Can we do that? Can we move forward? And Kirsten Cinema <laughs> drops a bomb and says, no. In a statement to Politico, her spokesperson said that Cinema quote, continues to support the Senate's 60-vote threshold to protect the country from repeated radical reversals in federal policy, which would cement uncertainty, deepen divisions, and further erode Americans' confidence in our government. Jim, you think they would have run this past her before they went public with this idea, but nonetheless, kudos to Kirsten Cinema. She's taken all sorts of slings and arrows. People are even following her into bathrooms, and she's just saying, no. I believe that the filibuster is exactly the way it should be. I'm not interested in changing it or scrapping it in any way. Greg, it's been a while since I covered Congress on a regular basis. But if I remember correctly, they work in one big building, don't they? <laughs> yeah. It's got a big white dome. Pretty, you know, uh, you know, yes, they have offices in different buildings, but they're all pretty close to each other. They're connected by underground tunnels. It, it shouldn't be that hard for senators. To, there's even this thing called a phone, email, <laughs> this other this form. Of, so like, hey, Kirsten Cinema, how do you feel about getting rid of the filibuster? And, you know, she could respond, no. <laughs> and, and thus you wouldn't go out and say, hey, we really need to do this because you kind of understand. And at minimum, you would, yeah, when you, if you decide to, you know, I'm going to go over to Kirsten Cinema's office and ask her how she feels and try to persuade her to get rid of the filibuster because we think we get, you know, okay, maybe we need it for some legislation, but, you know, we should have exemptions. Like if we really want to pass something, uh, that should be an exemption uh, for, for this sort of thing. And, you know, if you want to go over to her office and, and ask her what she thinks, fine. Whatever you do, don't follow her into the bathroom because that doesn't work. We found <laughs> out that that does not actually change her mind and, in fact, generally uh, backfires and makes someone dig in their heels even more. So on the one hand, I'm doing this somewhat tongue in cheek, but it really is fascinating how much Democrats, like they, 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 you know, the moment they heard Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, they 
they, they, they seem to just believe that it came with 60 votes or it came with some bigger majority than they have. They just don't have it. You know, several times the last couple of weeks, we've heard Bernie Sanders saying two people shouldn't be able to stop us. But it's not two people. It's 52 people, <laughs> yes. which is more than 48. And that's how math works, Bernie Sanders. Now, I've seen your budgets. I know it, probably math is not your strong suit. You're the socialist with three houses that they, I realize certain contradictions are just not going to bother you that much. But this is you know, until you got 50 votes and you can get Kamala Harris in there to break that tie. You don't have it. If you want to get rid of the filibuster, you're going to need 60. That's the rules they've had. That's the rules they had when the Republicans had the majority. That's the rules they had when Trump was president. This is the rules they've had for a very long time. I keep hearing Democrats saying, look, we've got to get rid of the filibuster because the next time Democrat Republicans are in charge, they're going to get rid of the filibuster. Except they didn't because Republicans were just in charge not that long ago for a good long stretch of years. They didn't do it. Donald Trump wanted them to do it. Uh, Ted Cruz, a whole bunch of other Republicans started saying, you know what, if we want to get anything passed, we're going to have to get it, get rid of the filibuster. But they kept it in part because they didn't have uh, a majority of Republican senators, uh, 51, you know, they didn't have 50 votes that... Uh, would have said, yes, let's get rid of it. And in other parts, because I think, you know, Mitch McConnell realized that someday he was going to be in the minority again, and he wanted to have that filibuster. And the only way to ensure that the filibuster is around for you is to keep it around when the other when the other parties in the, in the minority. Democrats cannot understand this, do not understand this. And 2021 has been this long, delightful period of them banging their foreheads against a brick wall and waiting for the wall to break. Guess what? <laughs> Skull fractures happen instead. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. But I mean, if you get do away with the legislative filibuster, the Senate's not really that much different from the House. Whether you get the majority of votes together to pass the same legislation is another question potentially, especially if you have divided government and so forth. But uh, I mean, the whole idea of the Senate, as the founders put it, was to be you know the saucer that cools. Uh, the hot cup of tea or coffee or whatever it was coming from the house. It's not supposed to work the same way. Good for Kirsten Cinema. It hasn't been easy. She's taken a lot. Uh, Mansion the same. So uh, glad to see they're still standing strong, even on legislation, uh, particularly in Cinema's case, that I think she supports pretty strongly here. So uh, profile and courage, I would say. So Jim, let's uh, talk about uh, something else that's smart. In addition to uh, preserving the filibuster and uh, not letting the Democrats, at least for the moment, run roughshod, uh, getting your portfolio diversified, especially in an increasingly uncertain economy. And that could mean investing in gold and silver. Price of silver has gone up 340% since 2000. I bet you wish if you haven't done that uh, 20 years ago that you would have. And it continues trending higher. Gold's doing well also. And universal coin and bullion is really the place you want to go to find out if investing in gold and silver is right for you. Universal Coin and Bullion is offering our listeners a special locked-in price of just $30 for a beautiful one-ounce 2021 American Silver Eagle coin, the most popular coin in the world for collectors and investors. This limited offer is available at dealer's cost because Universal Coin wants you to own the first newly designed silver bullion coin since President Reagan signed the Gold Bullion Act in 1985. Call Universal Coin, the leaders in the precious metals industry, at 1-800-UCB-GOLD to get your beautiful U.S. Mint silver coin for only $30. Postage is free, and you can rest assured knowing you're dealing with the experts. 
In fact, the company's president, Dr. Mike Fulgens, is recognized as the expert. He's America's gold expert, as assigned by the U.S. government, and he's the 2021 Coin Dealer of the Year. UCB also has rare gold coins, but this special silver deal only available using the code MARTINI. These guys are the best. They are the people the government and other experts come to for anti-counterfeiting and everything else. You can trust them. Call 800-UCB-GOLD. That's 800 UCB Gold, and remember to use that code Martini. All right, Jim, on to our first crazy Martini now. We've got two of them. Uh, crime is up. Not sure how many people know that. If you watch the mainstream media, you don't know it very much because, of course, Democrats run the big cities, and uh, we can't have a lot of people paying attention to the fact that crime is rampant. New York City, we talked about that not too long ago, uh, being a lot worse, but uh, also. San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago's been a mess for a long time, uh, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia hit a new murder record. I mean, uh, a lot of the big cities having major, major problems. And for a long time, you know, because of the defund the police movement, uh, can't offend those people. So we're going to kind of look the other way. Uh, DA's not prosecuting what they consider, uh, you know, nonviolent crimes like smash and grab. As long as it's under $1,000 or $900 or something, we're not even going to bother with that. New York with their little or no bail restrictions. Uh, but now, of course, the chickens are coming home to roost and maybe they're worried about losing elections. I don't know. But uh, over in San Francisco, uh, they've decided to condemn crime once again, Jim. So that's a good thing. The question is why and what took you so long? Here is San Francisco Mayor London Breed. And it's time that the reign of criminals who are destroying our city, it is time for it to come to an end. And it comes to an end when we take the steps to be more aggressive with law enforcement, more aggressive with the changes in our policies, and less tolerant of all the bullshit that has destroyed our city. Then there's Nancy Pelosi, also from San Francisco, of course, Speaker of the House. Uh, this came up at a uh, recent uh, press availability. And Jim, she's appalled by it, too, and has no idea why it's happening. It's, it's, it's absolutely outrageous. You know, obviously, it cannot continue. Uh, but the fact is that there is an attitude of uh, uh, lawlessness in our country that springs from I don't know where. I don't know where. Jim, what do you make of the Democrats finally publicly wising up here? Maybe. On Pelosi, you know, we, we make quite a few. I, actually, I'm going to put out a bold, shocking scorching hot take, Greg. We make too many jokes about the age of Joe Biden and not enough jokes about the age of Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> she is older. She is indeed older. And what's more, she's an octogenarian. She's up to 80. And I think one of the things that, uh, I, I, you know, you and I have discussed over the years, you know, the idea that her, the notion that she's some great strategist is, is wildly exaggerated. But I think in, in cases like this, like, th let's just think about this, like, you're the Speaker of the House, but you still represent San Francisco itself. Uh, the city has had a serious rise in crime, you know, see a reign of criminals, which, by the way, coming from a mayor is kind of appropriate, kind of ironic. Pelosi's just befuddled. She doesn't know why. Why is this happening? How? What could possibly give people the sense that, you know, the cops aren't going to arrest him anymore, that there's no consequences for criminal activity. How, how does this happen? She's just befuddled. Goodness, don't know. Um, and then, of course, for London Breed, I salute the new attitude. I hope London Breed manages to get her hands on the mayor who cut the police budget. 
<laughs> Boy, she's going to make her that, 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 whoever that mayor maniac was, she'll make him sorry. Oh, wait, found that mayor in the mirror. <laughs> it's, if, if it wasn't involving terrible things like crimes and victims and people getting hurt and people getting killed, like it would be, almost be hilarious. It would almost be hilarious for for this, whoopsie, Emily Latella. Oh, wait, we, we should actually prosecute crimes. Maybe I shouldn't demonize the police. Maybe I shouldn't be, you know, acting like that. Maybe I shouldn't have cut the police budget. It turns out we need law enforcement. Um, there's something almost funny about this, you know, uh, watching, you know, hard left progressive liberals step on a rake reality just smacking in the, themselves them in the face so hard um look, i'm glad they're coming around and, and maybe mayor breed can inform nancy pelosi hey it turns out crime went up when we stop enforcing the law go figure who, who could have seen that coming other than everyone it's <laughs> exactly right you think they're going to try and by next november claim that they're the tough on crime party they've seen what's happening in our cities and they're the ones you can trust to actually solve these problems I've been the one getting tough on crime for the past 20 minutes. <laughs> and don't forget the vice president of the United States inviting people to uh, help bail out rioters in Minneapolis last year. So, uh, I mean, the Democratic Party is not hip deep. They're at least neck deep, if not forehead deep in this defund the police movement. And uh, as far as I know, the squad's still part of it. So uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the rhetoric goes from here. But I think the American people are smart enough to know which side coddled the criminals and which ones want to put a stop to it and always did. But uh, amazing, amazing turn of events, but uh, still refusing to take any responsibility for it from these people. Absolutely. Absolutely crazy. All right. Well, there's street crime. There's blue-collar crime, white-collar crime. And then there's uh, what happens when people hack into your computer and your sensitive data. Look, you can use the internet without ExpressVPN, but you can leave your keys in the car when you go into the gas station, too. It might still be there when you get back, but it's probably not a very good idea because it only takes one time for things to go really, really badly. And so what you need to protect yourself, your data, your privacy is ExpressVPN. Think of ExpressVPN as an encrypted tunnel, right? They're creating this secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so that hackers can't steal your sensitive data. And it is super secure. It would take a hacker with a supercomputer more than a billion years, billion with a B, to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. And it's very easy to use. You just fire up the app and you click one button and boom, you are protected. And it works on all your devices, your phones, your laptops, your tablets and more. So you can stay secure even when you're on the go. Yeah, you need to know about this because like Jim said, it could take a hacker billions of years to get past ExpressVPN. They can do it very quickly and without a lot of fancy equipment uh, without that type of protection. So every time you use one of those unencrypted networks at an airport, cafe, hotel, wherever, you are vulnerable. You, your data, your finances, everything. So uh, ExpressVPN gives you the peace of mind. You can conduct everything you need to do online without worrying about who can see it and who can exploit it. So secure your data online today by visiting expressvpn.com slash martini. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S vpn.com slash martini. And you can get an extra three months of protection for free. Expressvpn.com slash martini. All right, Jim, let's move on to crazy martini number two now. And one of the big issues, if folks remember from uh, the presidential campaign, especially once Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, 
was uh, whether Joe Biden would pack the court if he was elected president. Remember, he wouldn't answer the question because if he did, that's all anybody would, a- would ask about and talk about. Uh, and then uh, eventually, towards the very end of the campaign, he said he would appoint a commission to study the issue. And he did that. And the commission has come back with a mealy-mouthed, uh, well, Congress certainly can do it, but we don't know that it would be wise. So they punted. Issue seems to be put to rest, at least for the time being. Enter Elizabeth Warren in an op-ed in the Boston Globe Wednesday saying she supports expanding the Supreme Court by at least four seats. Now, the math is curious, Jim, since, you know, it uh, appears, at least to some observers, that it's six to three leaning towards conservatives right now. But you never know what uh, John Roberts and maybe some others are going to do on a given case. And so she thinks, well, if we add four liberal justices right now, we'll be up seven to six. We got nothing to worry about. Uh, She rationalizes this by saying this radical court has reversed century-old campaign finance restrictions, opening the floodgates for corporations to spend unlimited sums of money. It's trampled on the Constitution's guarantee of equal protection, upholding a racist Muslim ban, twisted the law to deny Americans their right to a day in court, gutted the Voting Rights Act not once but twice, and of course she's worried about what might come down the pike on abortion. And gun control. So she says, uh, given what she's seen and where we are, that we've got to have four more justices on the court because basically she doesn't want conservatives to have the majority, Jim. So uh, what do you make of Elizabeth Warren's timing on this and her rationale? I could. The great irony is if you are a progressive activist who bothers to pay attention to the Supreme Court, of which there are more than there used to be, but for a long time, one of the reasons that you saw conservatives and Republicans winning on the issue of just on judges and justices and why they ended up winning a whole bunch of these nomination fights was the perception that to the conservative grassroots, heavily driven by the the after effects of the Roe v. Wade decision in 1973. This was a big deal. If you were a conservative grassroots, you, were, you know, the odds are very good that you're a pro, you're pro-life and probably very passionately pro-life. And you pay attention to this sort of thing. And judges to you are a huge deal. And what we are at with now is the possibility of the Supreme Court uh, either you know dramatically rewriting or undoing or reinterpreting Roe versus Wade, or if just flat out you know saying nope, this was wrongly decided. We're going in another direction. This is what you've been literally spending probably not just one generation, maybe two generations trying to build towards. So this is a you know this is this we shouldn't be surprised, but there are some folks on the left who started paying closer attention to this, and once you know liberals started realizing, oh my goodness, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed away. There could be not just you know. Five, I'm going to say four and a half, depending on what kind of mood John Roberts is in. Uh, there could be five solid, reliable, strict constructionist, originalist, conservative, whichever label you prefer. Five judges who are going to vote the way they want. And then it really doesn't depend what kind of mood John Roberts is on. And it freaked him out. And it probably should freak them out because I think this court is going to be steering its interpretation of the Constitution in a different direction than its predecessors did. The attitude was, well, OK, well, we can't this. It's just not fair. We can't just wait for other, you know, for our chance to nominate some more justices. We have to, oh, let's expand the court. It didn't work for FDR, but this time it'll work because this time we really, really want it. <laughs> and, you know, there wasn't really any great justification for it. And Biden, I suspect deep down, because Biden didn't like, was first asked about it much earlier in the cycle, had kind of poo-pooed the idea. He almost dismissed it as kind of nutty and crazy. But by the time the 2020 election rolled around with, you know, Ginsburg passing away, for a whole bunch of Democrats, court you know expanding the size of the court was absolutely a realistic option. And by golly, we should be thinking this. We should be planning for this and all that stuff. So Biden tried to cut the baby in half. Biden tried to split the difference and say, okay, well, we're going to study it and we'll see what the commission does. Now, the commission, you know, here's the thing. If Biden really wanted to do this, he would have either said, yes, I'm going to do this. 
alternately he could have said we're going to you know have a commission and we're going to you know everybody we pick for the commission is going to be a staunch advocate of expanding the court or you're going to you know even if you don't heavily stack it you slightly stack it and you come to the conclusion aha the commission has come out and said yes we should uh, the commission did not and in fact there are certain sections that really made it sound like we are not uh they, that they they kind of recognize the enormously incendiary uh you know constitutionally dubious nature of it um first of all the report note you know says quote no serious person in either major political party suggests court packing as a means of overturning dislike supreme court decisions whether the decision in question is roe versus wade or citizens united well i guess that kind of means elizabeth warren isn't a serious person huh greg <laughs> Well, but, we, yeah, the, the report continues, you know, scholars could say until very recently that even compared to other court reform efforts, court packing is especially out of bounds. This is part of the Convention of Judicial Independence. But the commission says it takes no position on the validity or strength of these claims, right? It's almost like a fig leaf. It's an asterisk. It's a little way of saying, look, we're not saying the president can't do this. We're just not going to take a set. Look, if the commission thought it was a good idea, they would have said, hey, we think this is a good idea. So when the commission came out with this in earlier December, it was like, okay, this idea is pretty much dead. There was ne- always pretty unlikely, um, and particularly when you only have 50 votes in the Senate. And, you know, the idea of, you know, if you think Manchin and Cinema were, t- were shaky on other parts of the agenda, there were other Senate Democrats who were not eager to vote for this because, you know, once you do this, next time Republicans have a Republican Senate or Republican president, they can put five justices on it. They can put six justices on it. Eventually you can start holding the hearings in MCI Arena downtown. Because, you know, we have so many justices that have been appointed. So, you know, it's been nine for a very long time. We're going to stick to it. But now Elizabeth Warren, now that everybody's resolved, Elizabeth Warren's like, hey, let's, how about this idea that everybody's just rejected? I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I think it's kind of lame. I think it's kind of sad. But uh, that's that's how she wants to play it. Uh, I kind of wonder, though, Greg, whether it feels like Elizabeth Warren, who was, you know, at one point, probably one of the top three or four candidates of 2020, the Democratic primary of 2020, kind of feels like an afterthought in, in Washington politics as 2021 comes to a close. Could be. Uh, it's interesting bookends, right? And you kind of mentioned this in, in what you just said there about uh, Democrats trying to play with the filibuster rules, Democrats, or at least Elizabeth Warren, trying to play with uh, packing the Supreme Court. So just magically, the numbers would uh, benefit uh, the more liberal arguments in a lot of cases. Basically, the liberal argument on all these things right now in Washington amounts to, but they're not doing what I want them to do. And so they want to change the rules. At the heart of all these arguments, well, I really want this. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so the, so the rules don't apply. Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes this different, is that I really want it now. Yeah, it's not the way things work. I know, I know. So, well, let's uh, hope that uh, everybody stays strong who needs to stay strong on Capitol Hill, uh, because obviously they would be in control of ever uh, moving down that road that Elizabeth Warren wants to go down with adding seats on the court. So, Jim, status quo for the moment. We like it. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus of Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Please subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. Tell your friends about us as well. Always, always, we're very grateful for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Please keep those coming. Get us on those home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Jim is at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Thursday. And please join us again on Friday for the next Three Martini Lunch. Hi, this is Greg Columbus, and I'm here with Dr. Mike Fulgens, the president of Universal Coin and Bullion. He was recently named the 2021 Dealer of the Year by the American Numismatic Association. 
Mike, let's talk counterfeiting. The Mint has recently released newly designed gold and silver coins that are becoming popular, which means there's a pretty good chance some folks in China or elsewhere will try to counterfeit them. How can consumers protect themselves? Well, we do have newly designed gold bullion and silver bullion coins by the U.S. Mint. They redesigned the reverses of the American Gold Eagle and American Silver Eagle. And you need to deal with a reputable dealer, one that's received awards like we have for best dealer publications or dealer of the year by organizations like the American Numismatic Association or the Numismatic Literary Guild. And you want to make sure that that dealer has the expertise and the business sense to check prices and to make sure you get the right quality at the right price. Finding the right dealer is the key in this rising gold and silver market, where I see it increasing 10 to 30% in the next year due to the increasing debt in this country and increasing inflation. It's the right time to buy gold. Dr. Mike Fulgens is recognized as America's gold expert by the U.S. government. Contact Mike and his team of professionals at Universal Coin and Bullion to own your gold and silver coins now. Call 1-800-UCB-GOLD.